Did you ever decide you were going to try to do something completely differently? You're going to try to change something. Maybe you were going to not write on your notebook, not doodle on your notebook this semester. You had these fresh, clean notebooks, and this time you were going to keep them looking fresh. Or or maybe you were on your way home to visit your parents. You and your family are on your way home to visit your parents, and you always get sucked in the same pattern where the, you know, the women go in the one room and the men go in the other room and there's sports or there's something else. And, 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 and this time you and your partner are like, you know what, we're not going to do that. We're going to stay together. We're going to change the vibe. Or, or maybe there's a person and, and you have the same pattern in the conversation. You get sucked into the same argument over and over again. And this time you're not going to do it. Maybe it's a different way of eating or a different way of, I, I, I don't know, you're going to break a habit. And then, and then you just can't do it. It is so hard to change what is familiar to us. It really is. I, I, I'm experiencing that right now because I can't tell you how hard it was for me not to start this podcast with the words, hey, everybody, welcome back to the show. Because I've been doing that for years. I like opening podcasts that way. But I've gotten some feedback that says we need to try some new things. I do want to say, hey, everybody, and I do want to say welcome back, and I'm glad you're here, and I'm excited about this podcast. I'm excited actually about the conversation I'm going to share to you, which was so weird and surprising to me, and I hope that I hope that some of you will listen to it. I, I know some of you are literally going to decide I'm not going to listen to it just based on the title, based on the idea that I am interviewing a, a genuine witch a professional witch. But but the funny thing is like this conversation was so surprising to me. I mean, I had it because I realized I was in conversation with a friend and they brought up something about a witch they knew. And I was like, oh my gosh, like does anybody really take that stuff seriously? I was totally dismissive. And my friend comes back at me. She says, you know what? It's funny, you're so respectful of Christians. You're so respectful of Muslims and Jews and, and Buddhists and all, all sorts of people. You're so respectful of people who approach the world differently than you. But boy, you got a blind spot here. And it's true. It's true. Crystals, all that new agey stuff. I mean, I understand why people buy into like old fashioned myths and weirdnesses and strange religions that they were raised up in. But like the idea that people like jump into this. It has always astrology. My friend said, listen, you should talk to my friend, the witch. You should talk to her. Yeah, like, I think you, I think you would, I think you need to get schooled. And so I don't want to say against my better judgment, but I got, I, I got nervous because I don't like to be disrespectful. And I was really worried that somehow just that my snarky attitude would come through. And so, but I did, I lined up this conversation with Vanessa Valyuko. I, it was very surprising to me. First of all, she was surprising to me. And I, you'll figure that out as you listen to us talk. But what, what was also surprising to me was after the conversation was over, I went to do some research on Vanessa so that I could do a decent introduction to her. 
And I just found out that I had missed all sorts of things that I hadn't even asked questions about central things. Like I thought that she made her money doing tarot readings or, 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 you know, kind of being a medium. And so I look her up and find out that she is an internationally acclaimed jewelry and fashion designer for Broadway shows and, and for high level fashion stuff. I didn't, I, like, I didn't even touch on that. I didn't even ask her like about her business. I also found out that she had lost her partner um, in the last five years, a long time and beloved partner. And that, you know, the grief thing had been a central part of her narrative. And I, she, she hinted at that in the conversation, but it wasn't where, where we were going. And I just skipped over it. And all of a sudden, it, this is one of the few conversations you're going to hear me have where at the end of it, I'm like wishing that I could go back and, and go and go for more because there were lots of things that came up that I, I thought, boy, I want to find out more about this. And then all the stuff I found out afterwards that I hadn't even asked about. You know, you're talking to a real artist. You're talking to somebody with an incredible experience and a depth of understanding of certain things that you didn't recognize. And maybe you've had that experience where you've walked away from a, a, a party or a conversation and, and then you find out that the person that you were talking to had dimensions that you just didn't explore at all. Um, I, what I will tell you is the explain, even in the dimensions I did explore all this woo woo witchcraftery, I, I was just very surprised by Vanessa's perspective and the way in which it connected with me. And I, I related to it and don't get me wrong. Don't, don't fear. I'm not being sucked into the dark side. There will not be any crystals. Um, there, you, you can't get a humanized crystal set. I'm still as, as materialist as sort of scientifically data-driven, you know, this world is the only one that we have as, as I can be. But I got to tell you, it's, it was good for me. And I hope it's good for you to genuinely encounter somebody who sees the world differently and to be curious. Um, I think if you listen, you'll be rewarded as I was and hope you like it. And I'll see you on the other side. All right, so so listen, um, I've I've got so many questions for you. Fantastic, great. But yes. like, like, so I just want to have a conversation. But like, do you know, like, do you know anything about me? Yes, Katie told me a lot about you, and then sent me links about you. Um, so I'm sorry. I have I have done some. <laughs> Okay, but my background is social science research. I like doing research in general. Give me a project that's ADHD plus research background. Like, tell me everything. Okay, I just the reason why, why I wanted you, I wanted to know that is because like, I'm very excited to talk to you. But like, I like, woo is so hard for me. Of course, I have no, I have no bandwidth for woo. And like, even when I was a evangelical Christian minister, I loved the community. I loved serving the poor and helping kids get off drugs. But like, I believing in God was hard for me, even when I was doing it professionally. Right. So, so like when I, when, when I, when, as I enter into this conversation, <laughs> yeah. um, I'm just, there's nobody ever been more skeptical of everything than me. You know, it's funny you say this because 
I call myself a skeptical witch because even though I engage with Wu, I'm part of this occult and paranormal community on Twitter. Um, I've even uh, helped organize an online paranormal conference. Like I love talking about all of this stuff. And I also am like, okay, what are we really, what are we all really doing here, folks? Right? Like, again, if we're not focusing on interpersonal interactions, the human condition, better social conditions for everyone. I don't care if you think you can control the weather with your mind. I really don't. Like that has to all be secondary as an interest as opposed to like, okay, nuts and bolts on the ground. What are we doing here as people? Yeah. So that's interesting because like the people that I talk with the most are people who grew up in evangelicalism, Christianity, like, like, like I did, like our, our mutual friend Katie did. And ultimately sort of thought their way out or found their way out or, or couldn't, couldn't hold that narrative anymore. And for many of them, um, they miss the community. They miss the, the, the structure. They miss, they miss a lot of things. Some of them miss like the smells and bells and the woo. Um, and, and so they're drawn to the, the kind of the conversation that we're having because it's openly about like, look, we want to pursue love as a way of life. Like yes. we're not, we're not like science and reason are not our goals. They are tools that we want to use to pursue loving kindness that we want to, you know, all the things you were just talking about. Yes. And, and sometimes I meet people who that's their approach to Islam or to Christianity or to hot yoga or whatever they're into is they're like, this is a mean, like, but the real thing for me is I want to create more and better loving relationships. I want to develop a greater sense of gratitude and wonder for just the privilege of being alive. But like, I come at that in such a rational way. Right. I'm like, we are evolved for these things. Like, uh, uh, you know, we, we will live longer and, and experience greater senses of meaning and depth. Like, you know, and, and so when I encounter people who are really wooey, mm-hmm. sometimes it feels like they are, they have just gotten like lost in a gift shop of crystals and tarot cards and they just can't stop. But sometimes it feels like they are using it as, like it's it's their way of pursuing goodness, or it's their way of pursuing loving kindness. Yes. Um, tell talk to me about that. Sure. So I I have I have so many thoughts. I should take notes because I have ADHD, and so my brain can go in a million different um, directions. But this is so the the idea that some people are getting lost in these things. I, I see that in the UFO community, for example, where there are a lot of people who believe in nuts and bolts UFOs and government conspiracies and all of this. And to me, having also grown up evangelical, or my my mother's evangelical, I wasn't really in the church because she does her own and has always done her own kind of thing with everything. But every time I see this almost religious fanaticism about these woo beliefs, I'm like, just admit that you believe in God. Just say it's God. You, You miss God. You want God. But I feel like it's for people who think that they're too smart for God, right? Like they, they're taking all that, that rationalism that they want to believe they have, but they're just putting it in faith in something that is not conventional religion. I mean, they're putting it, yes, they are. Like I go like, 
the idea that they would like, I'm too smart for the God thing. So I'm going to go for UFOs. Like and I go ancient like, aliens. And, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so what I'm wondering is, okay, you grew up with mom. Was she evangelical the whole way? Yes. Love Jesus. That Jesus is the only way to heaven. Um, you have to become saved. There is she a real was, hell. There is a real heaven. A real heaven, real hell. Um, she was raised Catholic. So, of course, I grew up hearing the difference between you can only achieve heaven through faith, not through works. That contrast there. Um, yeah. And again, Jesus is the only way. Uh, as she's gotten older, it's it's gotten a little more calcified. I feel like she was a little more open when I was younger. I, I told um, Katie, like, I knew my astrology chart as a child because my mom and my aunt who were both evangelical and and went and my aunt used to go to church and used to proselytize and all of that they both believed in astrology were into astrology to this day if i meet somebody new or date someone my mom wants to know what their chart is like <laughs> little syncretist there yes yeah. so, like so I said, how, okay so did you yeah. ever buy christianity at all a hundred percent yes Yes. I considered myself a Christian until I actually went to Catholic school in junior high. And I saw how people were going to church and claiming they believed in God and acting despicably. And I was like, this isn't it. This can't be it. There has to be another way. So that was actually my way of looking at the occult and and started reading occult grimoires and books about the devil. Because I'm like, all right, I don't trust this side. Let's see what the other side is all about. So, I mean, it started that young. Yes. Okay. So, because that was my next question. Like, how did you get into, you know, truth and advertising? I listened to your conversation with the woman in South Carolina. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. And never heard more things that I was shaking my head at in my <laughs> life. Um, but like, I was like, you know, I was like, I wonder if they'll get to crystals. Oh, there were crystals, you know, and tarot cards. Yeah, the, many tarot cards, like not just one deck. There are many decks and they all oh. do different things. And then, and then I was like, Raikou. Oh yeah, Rocky or whatever, whatever that is, Hulu. Um, and then and then it was like everything. Oh wait, there was, there was one more. I was like, I, I, I'm like, are they going to get to astrology? Oh, there's definitely astrology there. And she like, wrote a whole book on divination. Yeah, we right. were going to hit all the bingo. Yeah, you guys were all over the... And so I was like, okay, as I'm listening to that, you know, so, so I'm sort of like, what was your way into all this stuff? Yeah. I mean, like I said, astrology has been a part of my life for most of my life because of my mother. And then the entry point was, like I said, going to Catholic school and realizing like, oh, I, I hate all of this. I hate how people are behaving. I'm going to go check out the other side. Um, and I've always been interested in weird things. I watched um, X-Files growing up. I read books about ghosts when I was younger. So I think because my mom wasn't, like, again, like hardline in the sense, Jesus is the only way to heaven. You have to believe, you know, faith, sacrifice, all of that. But wasn't like, oh, you can't read these books. You can't watch these shows. You can't listen to this music. So, yeah, and, and if she'd have been part of a larger community, there would have been like the canon of things that you must believe and that you can't believe. Now, absolutely. If it's one person, you don't yet know what's my mom and what's the system. That Exactly that. Yes. I mean, it, it's, again, talking to people who grew up 
I, I, I've been joking with friends that like, I consider my podcast, I should rename it to Exvangelicals and ADHD, because I feel like every other person who is on that show, I find out, oh, you were raised evangelical and like deep in. My mom hates people, so we didn't go to church. Yeah. But uh, people who grew up in the church, I'm, I'm amazed anybody escapes that because it is total, um, a- again, like it, you are enmeshed in this and it's your whole support network and it's everybody that you care about and, and, and saying anything against it, uh, yeah, you're going to get shunned. So you're a junior high kid and you're reading about witches and astrology and tarot cards and all that stuff. And at some point you go like, this seems sensible to me. Like this seems real. <laughs> I like, cause I, I mean, I read Harry Potter and, right. and, 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 you know, and I read Narnia and I was like, these are fun, but at no point did I go like, you know, I think for me, it's what is real ultimately. I think I, I tend to look at things, like I said, a little more skeptic, skeptically, because if we want to believe that there are any forces that exist outside of human comprehension, any language that we use to describe any of that is language that we invented with our silly little brains. And so you can only ever kind of get glimpses at things. And that's all you can kind of hope for, because we are living in this three-dimensional space, linear time dimension. We're kind of stuck by you know, you listen to that episode, I talk about the meat sack a lot, right? Like we, we can think of ourselves as spiritual beings, but you have to attend to your body and the limits of your body. Um, so, so it's, it, it's, it's weird for me because there's so little that I really believe in like, oh, th- this is it. And, and there's nothing else, um, you know, being all in on astrology. I kind of see these things as like fun tools that are ways to kind of get extra glimpses at things. Um, again, it's more information uh, as opposed to just, as opposed to just saying there's nothing out there. Again, there could be nothing. I, I can accept that. Like I've had strange experiences. This could all be hallucinations. Sure. You, I think if you want to believe in anything, woo, you have to accept the idea that it could all just be made up. Right. Don't take it too well, no, seriously. A, a, actually, evidently, you don't. <laughs> Quite evidently, you don't need to believe it could all be made up. You could actually be absolutely convinced that none of it is made up. I, I Again, I am friends with witches and hard polytheists who really believe in multiple distinct individual gods in the universe. If that works for them, if... if if it helps them be better people, if that's the way that they access something greater in them and something greater in human connection, fine. For me, I'm like, we don't know anything about anything. Like, I, there are things that I think can kind of approach, but my practice is more- You're not based. a fundamentalist witch. I'm not a fun, no, no. I consider myself more of a chaos magician, which is like, you pick up things that work for you in the moment to, again, tap into that greater power and then drop them when they don't work for you anymore. Because it's it's all about the internal. For me, it's all about the internal engine. It's really interesting. Um, one of my favorite um, TED talks is uh, is this one by Elaine Dubouton. Yeah. It's called Atheism 2.0. and he starts out by saying, 
the most boring question and unhelpful question we can ask about any religion is whether or not it's true. He says, the real question is, how does it function? What does it do for us? Mm -hmm. Um, Because he said, like, the people that are in these systems, they're getting something out of it. Some somehow it's 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 creating form and shape and meaning and purpose in their lives. And 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 we we pull that away from them at our peril unless we can replace it with something else or offer them some other way of pursuing goodness and meaning and purpose and all those things. And so I guess I guess what I'm wondering is, is as a young person, as you're exploring this stuff, what did you get out of it? You've already evacuated the one question like do you think it's true and you're like i don't know like so (laughs) i'm like what do you get out of it what do you get out of pursuing this lifestyle so uh, i guess from it, it starting from childhood i think initially it was just seeing other perspectives and trying to find something that that like was closer to my lived experience and again how i wanted to live as opposed to Again, either the the Catholicism of my Polish grandparents or the evangelicalism of my mom and my aunt. And so it was that like broadening horizons, understanding there are other perspectives out there, and then figuring out how I how I want to live. And I mean, a lot of of who I am right now is really rooted in so my grandfather had dementia before he passed, and it was a slow deteriorating uh, condition. And one of the last conversations I had with him, he held my hands and I'm crying. And he just says, enjoy every minute of your life because it's all you get. Spend time with nice people. Now, I was raised by, uh, you know, Polish immigrants who survived World War II. Keep your head down, work hard, don't make a big scene and the Nazis won't kill you. I mean, that like that is what I was raised with, that sensibility. Think small, be small, anticipate the worst. And after that conversation, all I did was say, okay, I'm just going to assume that things can be better and that good things can happen. Not that they even will happen, but that they can. And my life changed. What I realized later, what I realize now, that is essentially a rudimentary chaos magic, right? It is determining a uh, you know, again, setting an intention, changing your brain. There are other ways to look at it. You know, I know the book Psychocybernetics came out forever ago, right? You're like, you're just changing your wiring in terms of how you're going to engage with the world. And like, that okay, to wait, me is st- very let, powerful. I want, just, I want to stop you because I want to make yeah. sure I understand. Yeah. So this change, this like, I'm going, you know, because like, what's funny is like, from my perspective, I go like, that's what I guess like Rebecca Solnit would call hope. Like, you know, embracing the idea that like, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. I might be, or if I can have an impact on it, but I might be able to have an impact on it. So I'm going to try. But like, what I want to know is like, that shift for you, that turned on this conversation with your grandfather? Yes. Yeah. That, because he was so, again, my grandparents helped raise me, but he was so shut off and dementia initially took away a lot of those emotional barriers. Like when I was in college in 19, he started calling me his pretty princess. And I'm like, all right, well, I didn't have this as a kid. I'll take it now. (laughs) Who are you? (laughs) So, um, so, so out of this, out of this filter dropping, 
Like yeah. all of a sudden, like he just comes out with, you know what? Just be with good people. Yes. Try to like, yes. things could be better. Yes. Yes. And it was such a revelation to me because he was the courage in that. Because again, aside from the trauma of World War II and his upbringing, my grandmother, uh, you know, she was my babshi. She was also a narcissist. So that was, he had a rough life with her. Yeah. And, and was shut off in order to protect himself. And then all of that fell away because he knew he was in bed just thinking and not able to do anything else. And he was like, I got to get her out, like out of whatever rut this family is in. I got to get her out. Like, that's what it felt like. And so everything changed for me for that. Again, I think because like, I, who knows, I've, I've always had an interest in weird things, right? And whether that is a, a, a trauma background, who knows, right? But that's why it's taken shape in, in terms of an interest in tarot, an interest in, in astrology, an interest in the occult. It is, it, it's, it's the way I am expressing this uh, kind of ineffable experience of, of having these, um, of, of again, being a human in this weird universe, and, and having these incredible um, experiences that kind of change and shift the way I, I walk. But initially it wasn't experiences. Like you got, it sounds like you went looking like you, you know, it's funny because like my, you know, my s walking away from Christianity, I was like, I'm going to go towards evidentialism. Like, I, like. <laughs> Show me the money, like, yes. like, give me some evidence. Like, I, you know, I'm, it sounds like your grandfather, like his words were sort of like, break this, break this chain. Mm -hmm. Like life can be better. Mm -hmm. There's something out there, but, but also, the, and, and you're like, I'm not going to, towards evangelical Christianity or Catholicism. Those, that's not the way, but instead of going like, like me, following me into the land of evidence, um, <laughs> um, and, and you know, and, and embracing like evolution as a as a, as a kind of a, a narrative. It sounds like you were like, oh, there's all these funky weird ideas. I'm going to go look there. But when you went looking there, you hadn't yet had some witchy experience. You hadn't yet like felt magical, right? Or had oh, you? That's a good question. I I've had, and again, it's one of those things where. Okay, so my academic background in in undergrad, I worked with a professor who did an assessment of the Cook County Domestic Violence Program, and so I and I was her quantitative person. So you're talking about evidentiary, like that's what I did. It was research. What do the numbers say? What is the R square? It, it, is is this measurable? Right? Are we seeing real changes here? I care about data. I care about evidence. There's also this part of me that has had strange experiences. Not a ton, but enough where it's like, all right, I think there's something else going on. I don't know what that is. Again, could all just be trauma brain. I got a history of, of untreated mental illness in my family. I'm willing to accept that, right? But again, having a background in research is understanding the limits of what research can tell us, right? Even the measures that we use to gather data. That is a subjective choice that is treated as an objective choice. Because by, by saying we're measuring this, we're deciding that these two are, are potentially related or not. And there's so much else out there that is not being addressed. 
So, so I, I, I kind of broadened that approach too. It's like, I, I feel like I have had experiences outside of the realm of, um, what we're taught is mundane, right? That is like just the nuts and bolts of reality. What is it? I don't know. It's kind of fun to go exploring with all of this and see like, okay, what do other cultures say? What do other belief systems say about this? Do I believe it? Not necessarily, but it's, it's finding language to kind of approximate, I think, what is undergirding our society, undergirding our world. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I have spent my whole life with this stuff. Like, this stuff is of ultimate importance. Like, what is true? What is, what is real? Like, <laughs> like, like if, there is, if there is a God, that's the most important factor of the universe. If there isn't a God and, and this life is the only one that we have, that is the most important fact. Like, like this is this, you know, so like if there's one thing I've never struggled with it, it's the seriousness of this project. Yeah. And so the idea of like, I, you know, I just thought like, there are all these funky ideas and like, <laughs> they're really fun. And I'll just like, you know, what I'm realizing is, is that you're not different from, you're not simply different from me. And maybe you're not even different from me in a, in a sense of empirical belief systems, but boy, your temperament is so the opposite of mine. <laughs> I can't even believe it. <laughs> and see, it's funny because for me, it's like, okay, so what if there's a God? So what if there's anything out there? How are we treating each other? Right? Like what, what are them? Uh, what uh, us as apes, how are we treating each other and why? Right? Are we creating communities w that are sustainable or are we destroying life? Right? Also, because I don't think we can ever know any of these things, any of the like real important things. I just don't, again, I don't think they're measurable because any measure we use is something that we invent to describe a thing that exists outside of us. So beyond our comprehension that we can't see it. Again, if we want to go with the sister Nineveh, we only see glimpses of it, right? Partial information. Yeah, I mean, but if you're a strict imperialist, you go like, that's how I feel about this pen in front of my face. Like, I don't I like I don't actually ever get to see this pen. Like light is being refracted through my eyes, it's going in, it's being, you know, it's being yeah. interpreted by my brain like ever like I never actually see anything. Right? And yeah. it, and if I had the eyes of a lobster, it would look different or a bumblebee it would look different. Like this is not re like so the idea of like well we can't know anything. So like, like start there. That's <laughs> right. I'm with you on that. But yet we like science is all about like making like mapping a world and making predictions uh, based on that data. And you go like, but but you can't really prove that you're not in a simulation and that this isn't the matrix. And I go, like, no, 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 that's true. Like we're assuming for the yeah. purpose of argument, we're going to assume that everything around us is that we think that appears to be real is real, but we can't prove any of it is real. A, a strict evidentially got it. I, I'm with you on that one. Yeah. Can't prove anything. Yeah. You never prove anything. I, I, in my research methodology class, one of the most liberating things my professor said was science never proves anything. We only disprove and fail to disprove. You're only ever working with the best working model based off of the best data that we have at the time. It seems so rational. I can't believe you're going to want to do a tarot reading on it. Which, <laughs> which, by, the, which by the way, by the way, can can you do a tarot reading from Chicago to Cincinnati? I mean, we'll see, right? <laughs> have you ever done this before? Yeah, I have. 
Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Katie, a behind-the-scenes producer of this podcast. If you'd like a Humanize Me t-shirt or hoodie, they actually exist. Our merch is exclusively available to supporters of the show on Patreon. You can check out the options at patreon.com backslash humanize me. This is just one of the many ways we try to thank those who make the show happen every month. So like, seriously, I'm, I'm serious. Thank you. And now back to the show. Well, okay. So again, you're going to get my uh, approach to the tarot too, because I like, again, what I believe or don't believe doesn't matter. I see the tarot as a tool of getting, I guess it does, this does matter. The, the idea of a collective unconscious or the idea of, of knowledge within, right? People don't typically ask questions of a tarot reader that they feel 100% confident in. And so if I'm reading cards for somebody it's cutting through all of the anxiety that has been plaguing them about this particular issue. And then again, what resonates with them, what hits them, what gets them in that great, like emotional intuitive place that unlocks a lot of answers for people because you get so stuck in that lizard brain that you can't see what's in front of you. Yeah. You know, it sounds, it sounds conspicuously like therapy. (laughs) I'm very trauma informed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, you, you go like, if, if I just keep asking, if I, if I just ask somebody to tell me their life story and they tell me their life story and I ask questions, I go like, wait, so, but where were you when you were 10, when that happened? And they, t- and, and they know I'm interested and they just tell me their life story at the end of telling me their life story, whether it's an hour or five hours, they'll, they'll almost always say to me like, wow. That was super helpful. Yeah. And I'm like, all I'm doing is creating a space for them to reflect on the stuff that's there. Yes. I just, I don't like, so you might say like, isn't that magical? And I'll go like, well, you know, <laughs> it's, it may, you know, it's wonderful. Like, oh. like sometimes for people, but I go like, I don't actually think there's anything magical happening there. I just think like that's what happens when you pull your stuff out. And it sounds like what you're saying is, is that in a tarot reading, somebody comes in and they've got some internal confusion mm-hmm. and the tarot readings, like you're just sort of going like, oh, well, maybe it means this or maybe it, what about, look at it through this angle and stuff like that. And then they go like, they come away and they're like, wow, that's really illuminating. And I go like, yeah, so we're just sitting and talking to somebody about it for an hour. <laughs> right. Well, and again, like I said, I'm trauma informed. I care. I care a lot about trauma. I talk a lot about trauma, and I think that there is does something. That, yeah. Does that come from like? Is that just like you read up on trauma and thought about it, or is that because like you're like I, I'm trauma informed because I'm I I'm trauma informed. Uh, both actually. So yeah. I started reading um, Alice Miller when I was in when I was seventeen or so, and she spent a career, a lifetime, writing about the effects of child abuse, writing about um, you know narcissism and and what happens to a person when they're raised by narcissistic parents, and that and and I used the work of Alice Miller in my senior thesis when I because I pulled all that data from these domestically violent men. 
and was looking at, because we were not only doing um, self-report surveys, but also in-depth interviews with these men. So looking at the way that they were talking about their experiences and, 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 and the mental gymnastics involved, it's like, oh, this is all Alice Miller. She's been writing about this. Just these two fields are not cross-pollinating this information. Um, so that, and this is also you and your grandmother. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. Like my grandmother, oh boy, I mean, everyone in my family, like I've been in a lot of therapy, yeah. <laughs> been in a lot of therapy yeah. and it's mostly helped. So is Lexapro. Um, <laughs> just uh, understanding, because if you, if you really look at trauma, trauma and grief, you can kind of understand the majority of people. Like and and why they're op operating the way that they are, why they're they're doing and believing the things that they do and believe, it's it's trauma and and to this is really circuitous. But to get back to this idea of a tarot reading, people want a witness. This goes. This is Alice Miller too. The idea of a helping witness or an enlightened witness and how that can make the difference in in mitigating mm. traumatic circumstances. That's one of the things when people would pull the astrology readings when we were at college and you sit around the table and she's like, somebody would pull it out and I was, what are you, Aries? Oh. And, um, and I always thought the things were written so broadly that they could, anyone could find themselves there. Anyone could, any, anyone, you know, that, that they were, they were never specific. Break up with your girlfriend today. <laughs> they were always, or your girlfriend will break up with you today. They were always general. And, and so, and it, but in some sense, so I was like, people can project their lives onto them. And so like, it sounds like, you know, you pull out those three cards and she, you tell her about the first time. She goes, I've got three people. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I guess the question is, do you think there was some magic and that you picked the three cards that she needed, or do you think that she just needed some way to process what's in her mind, something to think about that would like, in a sense, distract her enough that she could put something out. And, and, and that was a way for her to put something out. That's a good question. I, my belief system changes sometimes by the day. So on the one hand, some days I'm like, these are just cards. And you're going to bring to it whatever you're bringing to it. On the other hand, I look at like, okay, the, like, especially with those court cards, they are very specific kind of personalities. Now, she had a question, would she have found that in any of the cards? That's entirely possible. I do think it's interesting that this specifically those three came up and her question had been about family, which I didn't know. Um, again, it's like... Uh, one example. So once I did a reading for a friend and I was drunk and apparently you're not supposed to read when you're drunk, but I do that periodically anyway. And I pulled one card. I was going to, I did a full reading for her, but the first card was the five of swords. And I just leaned in and looked at her and she didn't tell me her question ahead of time. And I was just like, is this about a boy? And she screamed because it was, and she didn't expect that to <laughs> happen in the reading. <laughs> I didn't either, <laughs> but I was like, I think I know exactly what this is about. <laughs> um, so who knows, right? It's, it's again, it's a, um, it can all just be random. I don't think it is most of the time. Sometimes. You know, I'm, I'm such a terrible person. I'm like, 
Wow, two <laughs> drunk girls on a Friday night. This could be about a boy, like 50-50 shot. <laughs> also fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I want my tarot read now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm ready. Are you? Okay. I'm ready. My, you, you took an hour to take the snark out of me. And, uh, I'm ready. <laughs> Are you sure there's still not some snark in there, though? <laughs> like, like I, I, you know, I'm every bit as skeptical as, you know, but, but again, yeah. like, there's, and this is the thing, like, they're skeptical and there's disrespectful. Yes. And they're two different things. Yes. But when people come out of evangelicalism, they just want to burn the whole thing down and they want to make fun of everybody and they want... You know, and half of it's they're just so upset with themselves for ever having bought it. You know, so like, and that's not like, even if you're trying to deconvert people, attacking them directly, not a good strategy. Listen, I get it. I wasn't even all that in. And as soon as I was out, I was buying books on the devil that I still have to this day on my shelves. Yeah, you right? went you went a little farther. I went to nothing. You went to the you went to the other side. <laughs> it was yeah. it's the funny thing though, because I've been, like I said, I've been interested in all of this for a long time, but yeah. I didn't really consider myself a practitioner of anything. I was just interested in what other people had to say, right? Like it's it it started out more as an intellectual exercise. And then again, as I've gotten older, I'm like, Oh wait, okay. There, there is some method to this. I can see the things that I've done in my life with, like, starting a business and all of that yeah. through the lens of chaos magic. Like, okay, that works. <laughs> all right. So, so do I need to have a question in mind for you? Um, if you want. Otherwise, I want to you know. do it in like this. May be the only tarot reading of my life, so I want to do it okay. in the most. Okay, let's make it count then. In the most, in the most official manner. My favorite question to ask is, "What do I need to know that I don't know?" Uh, that's great. I'll go with that. Yeah. Okay, perfect. <laughs> and I'll do a ten card reading for you which is the um, Celtic cross. That's like one of the standard layouts that people use when they're reading. So the first card is your present situation. It's a seven of wands. Um, the seven of wands typically uh, describes like a, a, a interpersonal struggle. Um, the, usually somebody is being a little too zealous about something and uh and that kind of like fanatical fight. Um, so, so it can be like, all right, are you being too pushy or is something in your life, is someone in your life trying to push some sort of agenda on you? Mm -hmm. It's crossed by, so these are the immediate influences. And this is the seven of discs. The seven of discs is about reassessing after a loss. So, the discs um, in this deck are the pentacles in the in most traditional decks. Um, again, wands is typically about uh, work, so that can be either your job or it can be you know vocation, whatever you do that you would consider work. Um, discs are uh, or pentacles are about money, so finances are aspected that way. So this idea of um, again reassessing after loss, right? Like. You can even see, again, in the imagery of the card, this kind of like burnt out, desolate field. Mm -hmm. um, 
Yeah. So now, near future is the Ace of Discs. This is a very good money card. So if you're trying to, um, it's the beginning of the suit. Aces typically have the energy of, um, again, it's kind of like the purest sense of that. So it's like, okay, if you're starting new ventures, if you're creating something new, it's well aspected, like the ability to make money off of that. Um, Again, anytime that shows up for somebody who isn't like a huge skeptic, I I get very excited for them. I'm like, hey, whatever you're planning on doing, don't worry about it. You're going to be fine. Going to make big Um, money. What? Yeah. Get that money, right? (laughs) Stacks and stacks. Stacks and stacks. Again, Ace of Discs speaks very well to that. Um, for for the goals, aims, and ideals, it's the Ten of Swords. This is typically considered one of the worst cards in the the deck because, again, swords are about intellect. So if this comes up, it can either be that like you're under a ton of pressure and you're really struggling and you don't know where to to turn with it. Um, it it can also like things are either in your head or in real life, like completely falling apart. The only real positive spin on this is like, all right, well, things are never, they can't get any worse than this. (laughs) So if you're, I don't see a lot of swords in here. Usually if I see a lot of swords that indicates like high levels of anxiety for, um, the person asking the question, I just see the one. Uh, so yeah. Um, there might be some struggle in the near future, but again, the ace of discs indicates materially you're fine. It's just in your head, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we've got in the distant past is the four of cups. And then interestingly enough, in the recent past, we have the eight of cups. Cups are about relationships. It doesn't have to be romantic relationships. It can be anything interpersonal. Four of cups, it, specifically in this deck, there's this line. It's like, um, boredom in the presence of luxury, right? It's like getting what you thought you wanted and you're still not happy. The reason I say it's interesting is because the eight of cups is this really kind of interesting follow-up to the four of cups because the eight of cups is all about noping out. (laughs) It's like, I'm done. I'm out. Bye-bye. I'm going on a journey. I don't care. Everything is spilled. I'm over it. Um, I'm moving on. So that whatever that trajectory is informing this, um, and that's, now that's, we, that's more near in, in that's in the present. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Recent past as opposed to distant past. Mm-hmm. Now we get to your influences cards. Um, the way you influence the world and then the way the world influences you for you, the way you influence the world is the queen of discs. You've got three discs in your reading. Now the hierophant is the influ- world's influence on you. Typically, the Hierophant indicates organized religion, um, a lot of structure, doing things a traditional way. Um, when it comes up for me, it typically means something that can't be changed. So there could be some influence in your life that is like a, an unmovable object. Not that there isn't room around it, but it's just something to be aware of. Again, it's really hard knowing your background to not just be like, okay, let me tell you all these things about evangelical Christianity that I see. <laughs> I try to just read the cards as they right, are. Right. And again, you, like what is resonate, resonant for you is what matters most. No, I mean, it's really interesting. I just, as I'm listening, because the, the categories that you're using, like 
something that can't be changed in your life. And you're like, uh, yeah, I've got a number of things, you know, that can't be changed in my life. And you go like, um, you, something that you thought that you wanted, but it turned out it wasn't what you thought it was going to be. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, got that. <laughs> um, and you go like, um, you know, under a lot of pressure, uh, some things, you know, things are falling apart. And I'm like, boy, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, and, and, or, 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 or reassessing after a loss. And I go like, you know, I, I can't think of a time in the last 10 years, 15 years when I haven't had a loss every year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is all feeling very meaningful to me. I'm thinking about that loss and I'm thinking about that thing that I thought I wanted and wasn't that like. You know, and I'm thinking about something that in my life that can't be changed. And so I could go like, if somebody said to me, like, so far, tarot reading helpful? And I would go like, yeah, yeah, it's good for me to think about these things. Yeah. And again, like I said, for me, I do believe there's something else there. Ultimately, mm-hmm. this is a therapeutic tool. Like, to me, that's, that's the power in it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I, I can't even imagine how well it would work on somebody who actually believed there might be like something moving through it. Yes. Something really trying to, t- trying to help them, which I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to get there, I, but. <laughs> I don't, again, I don't care if you do or don't. Right? No, yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> you do you, baby. Yeah. Have fun, man. Like, yeah. uh... <laughs> okay. So, so, so there, there was something I cut you off from. What was the last? But, yeah. Part? We've got yeah. your last two cards, right? Mm-hmm. So we've got, um, so the, the shorthand is usually like what you think is going to happen versus what is going to happen. But again, similar to like the near future where you have the material conditions versus like your goals, aims, and ideals. It's kind of like your mindset about what is happening versus what is actually happening. And so for, so you've got the six of wands, which is like your mindset, and then the empress, which is your ultimate outcome card. So the six of wands is all about success after a long struggle. When you really see it in the context of like, of the suit, the five of wands is all about struggle and trying to make things happen and feeling frustrated. And the six of wands is the success after that long struggle. Now, the empress shows up in your, um, in your outcome card. That to me reflects back on the queen of discs, abundant, um, uh, uh, confident, uh, and very giving. Again, could be a person in your life, but just could be that energy of, you know, achieving something and then being generous with it and not getting stuck. Yeah. um, Yeah. 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 So, so when you do a reading for somebody, you sell, you tell them these things. This is what I, this is what these cards mean. This is how I, this is what they mean. They mean this for anybody. The, mm-hmm. the discs are the discs. The cups are the cups. And then does usually the person then tell you how what you've told them connects with their life? Usually, yes. Yeah. And then yeah. Do, you talk, do, you, do you keep talking about it? I will. If they say something that I think references the cards, then I'll talk about it in the context of the cards. 
And so at some level, it's what they bring to it. If, if, they, if they think the cards have authority, then what the cards say might mean more to them. Yes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. But some people, I've just read the cards and they're like, okay. And then that was it. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> it's got to be very unfulfilling. <laughs> again, it's like, well, I would like to know. Cause again, that, that like research background, just tell me the, tell me the data. Yeah. But if, if they, they got what they needed and they didn't need to share anymore, that's fine. Go forward. Be joyful. So how do you go into this thing with your whole heart and your whole life and your, your, you're podcasting to people and you're doing readings for people and you're engaging with people. Um, I don't know if you're coaching people in witchcraftery, um, but, but like you're, you're, you're a full-time witch. Yeah. If you will. Yeah. And I'm like, is, is there, is there any weirdness to you that you're doing this so wholeheartedly when you're not entirely convinced? Or, 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 or do all you need to be convinced of is that it's helpful to some people? So a couple of things. Yes, the, it's, is this helpful? Is this making people's lives better? Is it making their lives easier? And that I think should drive everybody's interactions, period, right? Is okay. the world a better place because of the work that you're doing? Are people, are, are you alleviating suffering through what you're doing? Now, secondly, I might not know what these experiences are, but like I said, I have plenty of them. And again, to have these experiences, reading tarot with people and connecting with people in this way, it's, I might not know what the thing is that's happening. I do believe something is happening. So to me, it's less important to say, okay, this is this specific God and they are working in this specific way or that, or it's fairies or it's Bigfoot, whatever you want to say it is, it is way more important to say like, okay, what are the results of this? Um, what, what are the feelings involved in this? Um, again, looking more at data as opposed to interpretation. Does any, does, you know, like the thing about Christianity for me is I know there were people that got helped by Christianity, including by the form of Christianity that I practice, like, like, I think there were people that came to Christ under my ministry and their lives significantly improved. Yeah. I mean, I get letters from them because now they're all horrified that I don't believe anymore. Um, yeah, you know, <laughs> so, but I also know a lot of people that got racked. So like the idea of like, well, I've seen it benefit some people like, you know, I'm sure arsenic has benefited some people, but I still don't put it in everybody's water because like, I've also seen it, you know, kill people. And so does, it, but like, what's interesting about this is I'm thinking about it is, does anybody really get hurt by this stuff? Like, does anybody deconvert from the occult or does like from crystal believing? Does anybody go like, I used to believe in crystals and now I think that's all hokum. Like, or, or, I, do, or, or do people just stay with it? Cause it doesn't hurt. Cause like it, it, it doesn't hurt. So this is interesting. I have uh, a friend of mine. I was friends with her um, after she had converted to evangelical Christianity, but she used to be a medium and uh, all just all in was ta talking to me about how she used to just read people and know things about them. And, and then also in that life witnessing way, it's like, I, I think because people just assume I'm a witch, they like, they're like, oh, well, she doesn't know the techniques we're using. I'm like, I know all of them have fun with it, but I see what you're doing. Right. And so she was talking to me about how 
all of this, all of that, you know, the, the knowing things, reading people, all of that, that was imperfect knowledge. So it was the devil. And there was only perfect knowledge could happen through Jesus, through Christ. So she's the only one that I know of who did a complete who went reverse. That way. Yeah. yeah, exactly. No, no, I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying, and this is, you know, I got to tell you, Vanessa, this isn't the way I thought this was going to go. <laughs> I, I was, I thought I should tell Katie. You're like, a big disappointment to me. <laughs> yes. Because, you know, like, now, I think if I got on the phone with your South Carolina friend, it would have gone a whole different way. Totally. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, so, the, so there's that. Um, but the other thing is like, I, I'm, I'm experiencing a little bit of, intellectual whiplash right now because mm -hmm. I listened to you talking with your friend on the same day that I listened to Sam Harris talking to Jay Garfield about whether or not the self is a real thing. So you're talking about like spirits and meat sacks. Yeah. And they're going like, there is no spirit. Like you are the meat sack. There's nothing but the material world. Like your all your experiences are generated in the physical reality of your brain. You know, it's, you know, it's a little closer to where I live. Um, and so, you know, but what they were talking about was like subject object duality. And they were like, Western thinking is really dualistic. There's like, I'm in the universe looking at the universe, which is not me. Or my spirit is in my body. And my spirit is me. I'm behind these eyes. And I'm moving this hand. But if you cut this hand off, like I am still here without a hand. Mm -hmm. um, it's very Western thinking, right? Right. Your meat sack thing, that's hugely dualistic and, wet, and, and, and Western, right? Mm -hmm. You are the real you as a spirit inside this meat sack body. A good Buddhist would go like, you need to meditate more so that you can see <laughs> that there is no self, that you're part of the universe. Like the, there's no barrier between you and everything else. Or like people who come off LSD have the same experience, or at least I did when I came off LSD. Where sure. you're like, yeah, the, 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 the self, the, the, my self dissolved. And I experienced the world as being part of the world. And it what you know, and and it it revealed that my my that the self was an illusion or it felt like the self was you know. So so I, you can imagine the whiplash. You're here, meat sacks in <laughs> with spirits inside them. And and Sam and, and Jay are over here going, like, listen, you you're you're even your sense of yourself as a as a self is, you know, like you're a person who it who has an illusion of self. Anyway, so this whole thing is, I'm, I'm, I'm really messed up. This hasn't been helpful at all. Um, <laughs> Great. Ex except for this, like, I think, well, I mean, obviously it's not true, any of it, but um, I mentioned to a, a coworker that I was going to be interviewing a witch, like thinking that we would have a good laugh about that. And she was like, oh, you know, I'm a witch. And she's like, yeah, see this tattoo? And she was talking about, I do tarot readings. And I, and I talked to somebody and I was just, there's witches, like there are these energy people, people that buy into this stuff all around us. Yeah. And so it is actually helpful for me to talk to you just because like, I'm very respectful of Muslims. 
I think everything they believe is is nonsense. Mm-hmm. But I understand that there's very valid reasons for be- for believing it, and that if I was raised like they were and was in their experience, I would probably believe it too. And that in some ways that belief system, as Elaine Dubouton would say, like it functions well for some of them. Mm-hmm. I'm very respectful of Christians. I'm not very respectful of people like in your world. Yeah, I, I can tell. <laughs> and and that's not like, and I go like, like it's like there's a hierarchy of woo. Well, and and again, I think that is a result of your evangelical upbringing, right? We live in this puritanical evangelical society that that dismisses anything that is rooted in, again, self as source of power, as opposed to top down. Your imaginary sky god is the source of power. That's it. Evangelicalism killed all the other spirits for me. And then, and then like empiricism killed Christianity for me. And I was left with like, I don't have to kill those other guys. Christianity (laughs) killed them for me. Of course. Yeah. But yeah. So, so, so you feel that you feel that like that, that kind of way in which a lot of people dismiss. Yes. Everything that you're, everything you're about. Yes. How do you deal with that? How do you do? I mean, I, I don't care. I like, again, I, I know what works for me and I've seen it work in my life. I have seen it help other people. If you believe in it or not, it doesn't matter. Like, because, because again, ultimately we don't, none of us really know, right? Like you can, you can act like, you know, but you don't really know. I I think I've got a good approximation that works for me. Yeah. Um, It's it's, it's like my, my favorite Jewish joke. Where the guy goes to a psychiatrist and he says, Doc, my, my brother, he thinks he's a chicken. And the doctor says, well, why don't you bring him in? He says, I would, but we need the eggs. <laughs> <laughs> Just because you get enlightened in one thing doesn't mean you get enlightened in the next thing. It doesn't mean anything. Well, give, given the opportunity to talk to a witch and to not have to pull all my punches and, you know, like, to you know, do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I do, yeah. Um, you know, this was very helpful. Like, this was really very, very helpful to me. Um, I'm glad. I'm trying to figure out how to make the most of this life. And part of that has, you know, that is, 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 is learning how to live in community and in connection with people who see the world very differently than I do. Um, because, you know, my old way was like, you have to just convert everybody. To, to believe in what you do, and th- then then there will be harmony, um, and and then and then I became a, a, a secular humanist, and then I was just going to convert everybody to that too. Like it it took me years to cut. Like I left I left believing in God. I, I I was a fundamentalist long after I gave up believing in God. It was just a different kind of fundamentalism, you know. Right. But like what I'm really about now is sort of going like you know what, according to my worldview, there will always be people that will believe in God. There will always be people on the fringes that believe that that take back power by coming up with other ways of working through things. Anybody who's rational would know that. Like you could wipe out all the beliefs in God today, and people would reinvent God tomorrow because um, it meets a, it meets a need yeah. in their evolution, and they're evolved to do so. So for me, I'm much more interested in like figuring like how do I live constructively and um, compassionately. And so this is really helpful, which by the way, that's the, that's the other interesting thing. Like 
Well, no, I'm, I, I, there's too many interesting things. I'm, I'm just going to leave that one behind. I'll, I'll write you an email. Um, Please Because I have do. another question, but I'm not going to ask it. Um, okay. <laughs> but I am going to say, like, thank you so much for being willing to talk with me this way. Oh, my gosh, of course. Thanks for having me on. This yeah. has been a lot of fun. I, I'm not surprised at all that you're a lovely person just because you're friends with Katie and Katie's a lovely person. But I'm genuinely grateful. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. All right. What do you think? Are you are you proud of me for the way I handled that conversation? Are, were you surprised that the witch actually seems like a secular humanist half the time? Were you mad at me for not being more strident about certain things? I, I I'm just curious. Like, how would you handle that conversation? I mean, I guess I'm saying that to those of you who are the non-witches in the audience, because this is the other thing I'm finding out there, witches everywhere. Everybody seems to have a witch in their life or somebody who's into this stuff on some level. And so I guess in the same way that I feel like it's important that we learn how to talk to our family members and friends who are hardcore evangelicals, I think it's, or Mormons or hardcore anythings, I think it's really important that we learn to talk to these folks. And so I hope that was helpful. I hope you enjoyed it. Although there won't be a quote this time, there will be a beautiful Ingersoll quote next time. And I'll look forward to seeing you next time on Humanize. To hear an exclusive extra episode every month, please go to patreon.com slash humanize me. You'll also get Bart's monthly newsletter over there and get access to some great Humanize Me merch. Our supporters on Patreon are the ones making this show happen. For more information on BART, go to bartcampolo.org. Also, if you choose to listen to the podcast on Spotify, we have a listener poll that you can take part in every episode, including this one. So join us on Spotify. Humanize Me is produced by Katie Johnson-Smith, me, John Wright, and Bart Campolo. Hey, you could be larger than life. So obviously I'm grateful to all of those people, but John, is there anyone else we got to thank? Indeed there is, Bart. We have Alex Ribchuk, which by the way, is just a great name. <laughs> it is a I'm great sorry. name. Yeah. And I love the way it's spelled. Ali Tamposi. My daughter-in-law. Oh. Bless her heart. Yeah. Angela Russell. Who's been with us a long time. I got to tell you. B. Matthew Fairfax. You know, Matthew Fairfax is a, is, I, I actually saw him in Seattle. He runs these salons and he, he ran one in San Francisco and then he moved to Thailand and started one to help kids get out of street life and prostitution. And oh, wow. he 
Uh, yeah, and, and now he's back in the States, but he's doing another one of these, like, for people coming out of prison, where he trains them to do the work, at, but, like, at this super high level. Yeah, Matthew Fairfax. It's, like, an honor to have him on our list. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, ben Sweetser? Yes. Hi, Ben. Thank you, Ben. Beth Johnson? The problem with a name like Beth Johnson. You know, you know, and you know what it is. And so, <laughs> Beth, you gotta, you gotta give me more. <laughs> like, and I, seriously, like, I don't know if it's fun for people to be thanked. It's fun for us to thank them. Like, cause like, yes. we're grateful to everybody who makes this podcast go right. Like it's a community for us. It's like a community and a team. And like, we're thrilled to have everybody. hundred um, percent. But some people send us these long emails. So we know lots of stuff. And then some people, all we've got is the name. And like, if it's Alex Ribchuk, it's easy because like he has a cool name, but if it's Beth Johnson, Beth more. Give us more. Yeah, like seriously, if you if you get this, if you hear this, Beth, and you like and you like being thanked, send us a note telling us a little about yourself, and we'll thank you again. Uh, two more, Bill Finley. What a good person he is. Yeah, and I mean, he's one of the John. For in case you don't know, Bill is uh -huh. one of those listeners who occasionally just sends a note just to say I like this episode thanks a lot or, oh that's so cool has, he's just a very cool person and finally for now Brian Lawson yes for now because there are more but we can't say them all in one day um, Brian all of you you know I hope you like this episode um, but I, I, I know we love having you on the team beautiful thanks Bart you bet you bet